Good afternoon, Greater Philadelphia. We are here on the Tom Tool Real Estate Radio Show on WWDB 860 AM. We are streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm Sarah Tyman. Tom will be here in a minute. He's running a little bit late here, stuck in some traffic. <laughs> we've got Stacy Mitchell. We've got Michael Gallagher. And we've got Nick behind the camera. Um, we are on the Tom Tool sales, uh, Tom Tool sales team, Tom Tool sales group, uh, the number one team, uh, ranked team for Remax in PA and Delaware since 2018. Um, and I think to get started here, we just had a holiday weekend. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, mm-hmm. I know we were kind of chatting a little bit before the show about, um, you know, what the showing schedule looked like this weekend, what the activity was like uh, often on these different holiday weekends. It can kind of be hit or miss. Um, you know, we've we've been in this a couple years now. Um, Stacy, for you, uh, for an Easter weekend, did you feel like it was pretty busy? It, it was very interesting. Um, I actually had two listing appointments on Saturday, nice. which was wild. Yeah, because that typically doesn't happen. But I think people are preparing and trying to get a jump start yeah. uh, on the spring market. So that was a pleasant surprise. But uh, as far as for buyers, for buyer appointments, it was quite quiet for okay. me. Um, there was a couple showings on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And pretty much on Sunday, I didn't have anything scheduled for clients but I did have a number of conversations. People were still texting me, sure. uh, looking for information, stuff like that. So um, it's it is it was a little bit more on the quiet side, which to me was a welcome break. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Awesome. What about what did you feel, Michael? That there was there was a lot going on, or it was pretty busy. On Saturday, there was definitely a lot of activity. I showed a property in Downingtown out there in Chester County, and. Um, just to get an appointment, I had to call the listing agent because the entire calendar was booked. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she was like, well, everybody is coming to see it Saturday instead of Sunday because of the holiday. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like a lot of the activity was jammed into like Friday evening, Saturday. Yeah. And then Sunday was kind of like pretty much dead. Like I had no appointments on Sunday, you know, just like Stacy talked to a couple of clients, um, you know, on my phone. But other than that, it was pretty pretty normal I felt for for a weekend at least for Saturday yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we had um well I was I was out of town visiting family for Saturday and Sunday but had um you know stuff Friday evening and then as we were heading out of town got some texts uh from clients who uh wanted to get into one particular there was one hot property I felt like this weekend that really (laughs) like I had multiple different people kind of coming to me about um so was able to line up a showing with uh, one of our team members, and then he actually got a notification when he went in to to book it that they had gotten enough offers just by like Friday that they weren't letting anybody else through, and um, they were going to review offers that they already had. So uh, we were going to try to put something together, just kind of getting it in sight unseen for that guy, and then ultimately, as we were running the numbers, decided decided not to. But yeah, I thought it was it was pretty busy. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you had a couple clients that were interested in the same property. Mm-hmm. So how do you typically handle something like that? Do you uh, try to schedule showings far enough apart where you won't run into each other? Like- yeah. Well, so for this one, I'd actually I'd already gone out toward the property with one client was, you know, no longer there. And then it was like a couple hours later that I, I got a call. But I think, yeah, normally I don't think I would really want them to see me going back to back on the same house just because I feel like that would 
kind of make you feel a little bit a little bit uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think it's it's also good to be transparent with your clients and let them know, like, apart from all of the activity that you've seen here, because this particular one was. Um, it didn't have to be single showings. They were allowing multiple people mm, through at once. Right. And I mean, I think the time slot that I was there on Friday, there were about four other groups going through at the same time. So this one was like very obvious that there was going to be, um, you know, multiple offers and and a lot of a lot of activity. Um, so, but yeah, I know it can get into kind of like a little bit of a a gray area. Yeah. Um, I was a little nervous if both of them were to want to put forward right. offers. I yeah. don't know. Have either of you ever encountered that before? I have, where yeah. I had two clients. Um, I didn't make mention of it during the showings that there was because you just don't know. Right. You don't know if they're going to want to do offers. Right. So like it's why like make why people even nervous? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yes, and and there is a way that we handle it within our our team. So mm-hmm. it's, it's handled yeah, so appropriately. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. But it's interesting. It you is. know, it kind of makes you feel a right. little uneasy. Right. I, I would never want to be perceived of, of having any kind of conflict of interest. Oh yeah, ever. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it is, it is funny at like for the showing stage. I mean, obviously that's fine because there could be one, one of your clients that love it. One of them that, that does it at all. So you don't want to overthink it and not right. take people through that want to see just because you've already taken a client through that property. Right. Um, and you definitely don't want them to get turned off like, oh, well, if you have somebody else that you're working with that's interested, then we won't go right, see it. Yeah. Right. Right. Because that's not the case at all. Oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, it is great. The the team dynamic that we have where if if a situation were to arise, we can kind of pass something off. Everybody always has their own representation with just mm-hmm. just them in mind. Um all right, we've got Tom back here, made Hello. it through the traffic. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Gotta love uh, the Bala exit off 76, always an adventure. So um, so where, where were you guys? Fill me in, bring me up to speed. So we were just kind of commenting on Easter weekend oh. and what showing activity looked like for it being a spring holiday weekend. Well, mm-hmm. It's interesting you mention that because if you look at what Housing Wire is talking about right now, there, there's this feel of a bottom of inventory, and I'm pretty clear the holiday had a lot to do with it because you look at tax days coming up on Monday. Mm-hmm. You got spring break, Easter holiday, and historically in 2021, we saw an inventory bottom the same time right around Easter. If, if you look at the data nationally, there was inventory rose by 823 single-family homes, and that's the first time we've seen an increase since basically January. So are, are you guys kind of feeling that in the air? We got Michael Gallagher here from our team, too. I don't know if you introduced him. He's going to chime in and, and bring us up to speed on what he's seeing. Are you feeling that inventory's on the rise? Like, what's your what's your take just being in the market right now? Because this has been the biggest pain point that buyers and sellers have had for um, two, three years now. Yeah, I mean, I've been noticing, like, every day as you're, as you're looking through to see what's coming soon and what's popping up, um, that – yeah, I've I've noticed uh, an uptick. Yeah, I, I have too. I definitely think it's area based. I think some sure. areas we're seeing more inventory than others, um, but not enough inventory that we're not seeing competition. Oh yeah, that's not For going sure. away. You know, I was just saying earlier the house I showed on Saturday in Downingtown um, had thirty three showings within the first two days. Ooh. That still shows a lot of you know activity on the home. It was a great priced home, showed very well, um, you know, in a very highly desired area. Um, you know, back-to-back showings. It's it's mm-hmm. not stopping, even though we're seeing a little bit more inventory pop up. Yeah. So if there is a bottom here, I mean, what, what I find fascinating is you look at the uh, bright MLS data that we've seen. So this, this encompasses Bucks County, Delaware County, 
Montgomery, Chester, and Philadelphia. And, and Philadelphia is a bit of a different market. The end of the month inventory that we saw in March of 2022 was 5,325 homes. This year, it was 6,182. So we saw just over a 16% increase. So while inventory is still rising, to your point, Michael, it's not even close to meeting the the level of demand that, that's out there. And you couple that with mortgage rates drop, dropping for the fourth straight week, almost a percentage point last week. What are what are sellers and buyers like saying in the market right now? See, I'm getting the sense that folks are more ready to deal with this than they have been maybe the past two, three, four months. I don't know what you're seeing, but it, 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 uh, there's like two groups of consumers out there. There's these people that didn't buy a home last year, right? You got a couple of those, Sarah. I know we've, t- yeah. right? Everybody does. And there's these people that are entering the market now, and they're just like, I don't care. I'm ready to buy at six percent. I'm not going to complain about this. Versus the other group that's still like very gun shy. So, are you guys seeing the same thing? Are some of the more aged buyers getting outmaneuvered in the market? Like, what what advice do we want to give people here? Because this market's not slowing down. Yeah, I mean, I think that for people just getting into it now, it is they don't know what it was like as rates at a different point. Um, so, I think that they're a little bit more open to talking about, you know, when we try to just bring it back to monthly payment and affordability. Um, if that works within your budget, maybe not focusing so much on what the actual rate is. Um, and I think they're a little bit more open-minded to that because they don't know differently um, versus the people that pass things up at some of the some of the lower rates. Um, that's kind of what I've what I've noticed. Same here. I've noticed that uh, the the buyers just coming into the fold that have a lease that's getting ready to expire. They are the ones that are very motivated and mm-hmm. they are way hyper focused on that monthly payment. Mm-hmm. As long as we can stay there and we can figure out, you know, look at different price points and figure out how we can make that work into based on the taxes and all the prorated insurance and all that, how we can make it into that monthly payment that they want, then they're very open minded. They, they're the folks that I'm able to get under contract at this point. Mm-hmm. I have a couple buyers that even a couple of years ago, they're still stuck on the three and a half percent. And now they're really upset because they were looking for the market to crash right. and the prices to drop right. and it's not happening. So, mm-hmm. I mean, right now they're probably 50 or $75,000 above what we initially were wor- looking at. And they just, there's a number of, a handful of these folks mm-hmm that they just can't wrap their heads around. And it's, what is it, paralysis by analysis? Like, instead of just jumping in and, like, just do it. Right. Um, And they're still renting. Right. Ugh. Right. Mm -hmm. I definitely think the sticker shock is going away. When we first saw rates go over 7 back in October in the fall of last year. Great point. I saw people really back off, right? Mm -hmm. I know sales nationwide came down, what was it, 33% or around 30%. Um, And it makes sense, right? If you're looking at an interest rate of 5% and then the next week you're at seven and a quarter, your monthly payment just jumped up hundreds of dollars per month depending on the price point. Um, But again, like now the new buyers that are coming into the market with whatever their motivation might be, they're seeing that six and a half as their starting point. They're not Mm -hmm. seeing a five, then a seven or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think that's making a big difference, but I don't think the demand is going away because rent payments have gone up so much. Mm-hmm. I had somebody say to me last week, why would I rent? My mortgage is going to be cheaper than my, mm-hmm. uh, my rent. And I don't think that that was always the case. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and you know what? 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 This is this has happened in history, though. There's always these buyers, and it feels like there's just more of them now because of how radically the market shifted and changed. That you work for them, with them for a long time. What's what's the longest amount of time? Like not number of homes shown, but amount of time from first contact until someone actually goes under contract that you've seen. I would say it had to be over a year. Yeah. Uh huh. Three years. Three years, oh. yeah. You win. Yeah. They, um, it was my very first Zillow call. Wow. When I, like, first started, and they just closed. They We had settlement last month. Oh, my gosh. So, so awesome. what were they looking for? Did they buy something, like, that was similar to what they were looking for initially? No. We actually kind of changed courses, I think, from what they were initially looking for. Now, during that time period, it's not like every weekend we were going. Yeah. Like there was, I think, literally a whole year in there that they kind of went yeah. MIA. Mm-hmm. So um, it wasn't like I've had um, I've had people that I've worked with for less time and shown more houses. For yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I gotcha. So, yeah, I think like the motivation maybe changed a little bit. Um, I think initially we had put in an offer to like earlier in 2020 and they missed out. Um and, you know, kind of were a little heartbroken about it. I think particularly one house, they, like, they had to actually, like, grieve it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, that you know, there were different time periods of taking some time off. But then I think realizing that the the market wasn't going to do this 360 and suddenly um, just be completely in, in their favor and have everything shift and, you know, motivations changed a little bit. And, yeah, we actually ended up doing something differently than what we were initially looking at. So that makes a little more sense to me than the folks. I've had folks where it's been over a year, and they're looking at, like, a certain school district. And every new home that comes – and we we keep looking at the same stuff, and I'm like, these houses aren't changing. The market's probably moving away from you. And this was, like, in 2016, 2017, and they they kept talking about the one that got away, right? But when you look at – I mean, when you're looking at more than 15 or 20 houses, like, you got got to adjust your your strategy. So Mm – I've definitely seen that happen where there's been a lo- three years is a very long time. Um, Fortunately, I loved these clients. So, like, oh, I was good. always, like, so happy to take them out and to, like, see them and catch up. You're a better person than me. So, uh, but, I mean, like, Michael, what about you? I mean, you've been in the business a while. So, like, I mean, there's got to be these people that kind of stick around. And I think sometimes they end up not making a great decision because they didn't follow your advice in the first place. Or they're just so gun shy or hesitant, like you said. or they're, And they tend to get that analysis by paralysis. Yeah, I have a client that I've been working with since July of 2020 was the first connection. And um, so we're two and a half years, almost three years in. Um, They made offers. And, you know, right when the competition or the competitive market really kicked in at the end of 2020, um, they just kept getting, you know, beat by other offers that they gave up for a little bit, came back and back and forth. Um, You know, I most recently took them out maybe two months ago, looked at a couple properties. And again, they just keep getting discouraged. And, you know, what they are now looking at is nothing like what they were looking at two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's shocking for the client because they were looking at these, you know, really well put together homes in a specific area and now they, they can't afford that area. Yeah. And their pre-approval value went down like $75,000 in those three years. Um, and now the, the quality of the home and that price point has changed as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, and I, I see some of these sale prices coming in, and it's mind-boggling to me, like what the homes used to sell for, even like yes. when, when in the beginning of 2020, where when you two got, we started working together versus now, and it's 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 incredible how much these values have gone up. So th- there's definitely these these two different sets of buyers. So 
knowing, I mean, I, I would I would argue rates have started to settle in a little bit. We got mm-hmm. another Fed meeting in 22 days and change. There's a 71% chance right now that it looks like they're going to raise rates by another 25 basis points. Do we see rates settling in over the next 90 days? And that's all I want to talk about right now because the next 90 days are really when agents need to make a lot of hay, sell a lot of homes. This is going to be the time of year when there, there's, there's a real opportunity. Do you see rates settling in? Over these next ninety days, I mean, and, and I'm talking anywhere from like three, uh, it's like six to six and three eighths is kind of what we've been saying. Yeah, I mean, I think with the predictions being out there, knowing that this is what is is most likely going to happen, um, that's kind of already um, accounted for in in the mortgage rates. Um, so I think you know there could be like a little dancing, but I don't see a major spike or drop. I think yes, I I agree. I think they're going to stay. Within the sixes, I don't think they're going to go up to seven, even if the the feds, which they're going to do, you know, raise it another quarter mm-hmm. point. Um, I I still think that we're going to see the interest, the mortgage interest rates stay in the sixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really doubt that they're going to go below six and and maybe they'll hit seven for like a week or two. I, I think we've seen that a little bit um, where they creep up there and then they drop back down. Um, but I really don't think we're going to go below six for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, and the quarter of a point um, increase, like, I mean, there were several Fed meetings in a row mm-hmm. where it was 75, 75, 75, you know? So this is, like, manageable, mm-hmm. I feel like. I, I agree with that. And looking at the, the, the 10-year and how the yield, like, the yield is just, there's this line in the sand almost at 3.4% on the yield, and it just will not move above or below that. Logan Motoshami at Housing Wire, he calls it the Gandalf line where it's like a line in the sand. And the only day it did break below it was um, right before uh, the holiday last weekend. And then after the jobs report on Friday, it literally went right back up. So, um, you know, we have the inflation data coming out later this week. So that'll be very telling. Uh, it just, it, it's just, it's a very interesting time right now. It's almost like day by day, you've got to be keeping track of what's going on with rates. So I, I'm, I'm clear we're going to see it, it settle in here at like the six, six and three eighths range. I don't think there's going to be too much movement. In the summertime, if you're going to see a break below six, I would imagine it'd be sometime summer, early fall, if that's ever going to happen. But right now, the next 90 days, if you're a home buyer right now and you can get a 6% rate, I'd lock that in immediately. Yes. Yeah. All right. I agree. So we gave you the outlook of what's going on in the market, what's happened this week. We've seen inventory tick up. We know where rates are. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about how agents can win the second quarter using a couple different strategies and Zillow's new search function that I'm pretty clear they were listening to the show about because they are now yep. letting people talk. It has to be it. They, they do listen to everything, in all seriousness. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been told by our Zillow rep that, oh, I heard you say this about us on one of our shows. So um, now maybe it's just them. I'm not really sure. But we're going to talk about their new tool for a search function that I find very helpful for home buyers. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com. 
com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. And we've got special guest Super Agent Michael Gallagher here. And we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018, number 11 in the country. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, We're going to talk about how agents can win the second quarter. To me, this is the most critical time of the year, these next 90 days. And if your head is not in the game, you might want to think about getting into a new game. And I have no problem saying that to anybody right now. But first, Zillow, I'm convinced they got this idea from us. Do you think we get some royalties on this, Sarah? I I think that we should. We should, yeah. Yeah, let's look into that. We'll get Rich Barton on the phone. I'm sure he'll not take my call. So (laughs) um, Zillow came out with this tool, and... To me, I don't, I don't know why anyone else has not done this. I find this fascinating, and it, I give them credit. As much as agents want to hate Zillow, to be super transparent, we have a partnership with them. And also, this is one of the easiest, most innovative things that people can do right now, which is Zillow is allowing home shoppers to filter listings based on a monthly budget as fluctuating mortgage rates and home prices continue to be a hot talking point based on our last segment, obviously. So... What do you guys think about this? I mean, I, I was just floored. No one's thought of this first. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, I think it's exciting. I mean, I think we were kind of talking a little bit here. I know Michael had some good insights on this um, for some potential pitfalls here. But like oh, so often as we're talking to our clients, we're saying, like, let's focus on the monthly 
on the monthly budget. It kind of takes it from this huge, crazy number that sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, down, like breaking it down to this is what you're paying a month, you know? So, um, because depending on, on the location and there's so many other little factors that can go into your monthly cost aside from just the the price that the home's listed at or that you get it under contract at, that you could, there's nothing worse than like seeing a home for, you know, for your clients here that they're like, oh my gosh, this one's perfect and it's in what I'm pre-approved for. And then as you break out the numbers, it's actually not affordable or mm-hmm. properties that maybe slip through because you didn't realize that you could make that work. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is awesome. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great tool. I mean, more tools in the toolbox is better, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that folks, uh, buyers can pre-vet certain properties um, and especially it's a filter. Mm-hmm. So if they utilize it, then it's only going to put listings, you know, that they can afford on a monthly basis. Basis, but that being said, there are a couple things to consider that might change things. Um, being insurance, say it's a property that's in a flood zone. Sure, a lot of Great that point. has changed since the last hurricane. Um, they have different classes of flood zone now, and I know in Delaware County, there's so many like little estuaries and little um, areas of waterway now that a lot of properties are in flood zones with the. And they weren't before. So that could definitely throw a wrench into your monthly um, budget also. So there's there's still more to take into consideration. But as far as filtering things out, I think this is a good start. But then you have to rely on your agent to give you the, you know, a, a more clear picture of having the prorated taxes and uh, and your homeowner's insurance based on all those variables um, populated right from the MLS. And I think you make a very great point about relying on your agent, a local agent in your market that knows the mm-hmm. area, knows what's going on, things like taxes, I'm sorry, taxes and the floods and, um, you know, something that a, a website's not going to pick up on that mm-hmm. because they're not living in the community, right? Um, I think this is going to be great. I think we're doing our clients a disservice if we're not advising them to look at monthly payment versus the cost of a home. Um because you could have two equally priced homes that could have prices, uh, monthly payments that are so far off because of things like taxes, insurance, HOAs, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and we use our MLS as a guide to have a fairly accurate estimate mm-hmm. for our, our buyers to look at. Um, and if they're looking at a third party website like Zillow, sometimes that information is not accurate. Like I've seen taxes that on the MLS says one thing, but Zillow is like way off, right? Mm-hmm. And that could play a huge factor in your monthly payment. And they could be seeing houses on this this filter that they really can't afford or may not be comfortable with um, just because of the inaccuracy. And you yeah. mentioned something about the HOA also, because a lot of times uh, the HOA is different on Zillow than it is actually in the MLS system. And that is a big, because HOA can, it can be so different. Oh, yeah. Depending on what the coverage is. So some are very minimal and others are pretty hefty. Oh, yeah. So you have to be careful looking at the HOA payments also. Yeah, and then it might also factor into your insurance rate because if insurance is covered or if the exterior is covered in that HOA, then mm-hmm. your insurance payments per year may be you know, 700 bucks versus maybe 1000 mm-hmm. So yeah, Good point. so many factors in this, in this monthly payment. Absolutely. And I mean, I think 
Um, for us using the the MLS breakdown here to come up with the the buyer estimated closing costs and everything, I've had clients before that are like, you know, I don't want to waste your time. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm that interested. It does not take a lot of time for us to go in and do a breakdown. It's an estimate. You'll mm-hmm. get, you know, exact numbers. Um, you know, we can tighten those up. But if you're looking for a good estimate, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're so it's simple. Not, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not this like all-consuming thing. Right. couple minutes and you have the first one done. You can throw out multiple yep. price points in seconds. Oh, yeah. The adjusting you, is yep, so quick yep. and easy. Yeah, you it can takes add a couple, the transfer tax in Right. There. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the first one, like, yeah, when you first put everything in, it takes yep. a little bit. But then after that, for doing it a couple different ways. Yeah. It's not so long. simple. And if we're being competitive on at home or, or we need to make a competitive offer, it's important for our clients to be able to see like you said, the different price points. Maybe, you know, we offer one price, but we need to see increments higher mm-hmm. so they can mm-hmm. kind of make a decision as to where they want to land and where they're comfortable. Because mm-hmm. uh, $10,000, $5,000 could cost them the home. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you see it, if you see that $10,000, not just on the purchase price, but if you see how it breaks down in your monthly payment, you realize that it's going to be minimal when it's spaced out over 30 years. Right. So... Well said on the taxes, because I've seen that happen so many times where it's like the, the people go to Zillow and they're like, oh, the taxes are wrong, or, the, or the, the seller calls, and they're like, my taxes aren't right on Zillow, and there's nothing we can really do about it. So right. that that is one challenge for sure. Um, with that in mind, so I, I like the tool. Now, obviously, Zillow has a Zillow Home Loans Division, so this is probably in order to capture some mortgage business as well. Sneaky, I mean, that, that has something to do with it. Um, they haven't pushed it too hard with us, but obviously it's it's something that I, I think is valuable more mortgage companies should be doing this or more portals like, hey, here's your monthly payment and here's how you can search for it. I love this idea because you're meeting the consumer where they're at. So you may say sneaky. I would say innovative. I think it's a smart <laughs> move. So Zillow, I, I, thumbs up on that one for them. The The other story here is so like stuff like this. You talk about, Sarah, you mentioned we're telling people, look at your payment, not your rate. How many times have Stacy or Michael or you guys had that conversation? It's constant. So that's one way agents can win in the second quarter and to piggyback off our last segment where there's this question of these buyers that are hanging around mm-hmm. and then the buyers that are entering the market now and they're ready to go, you know, I, I look back at that uh, a BAM article I wrote, um, I guess it was back in like the end of the the fall or something, like the recession power rules, it was August 4th of last year. If you're not working with motivated people right now, you're, you're wasting your time as agents. Mm-hmm. I mean, so w- what steps are you taking to identify motivated folks. I mean, you're using language like, look at your payment. Let's talk about that. I think that makes a lot of sense. How are you identifying the motivated folks? And what, what are your, what are your uh, processes to do that? So I just basically come out and ask, you know, what, what is your situation? Tell me about your, your situation and why you're looking to move. And from there, just listen to what they tell me. Is it because they have a baby on the way and they're busting out of their two-bedroom condo mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, their lease is expiring and they, they're tired of renting because their rent's going to go up $500 more a month? So it just doesn't make financial sense for them to stay where they are. Uh, so there's many things. Or they're coming in for a new job. Mm-hmm. You know, they're out of the area coming in. That's motivation. They yeah. have to live Those somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So just listening to the clients, seeing where they're at. If it's somebody who's like, well, you know, we kind of were thinking about, we, we have a three bedroom townhouse. We'd like a single family. They might not be as motivated. Mm-hmm. If they're relatively comfortable in that townhouse, 
but they would like to have a single family home, the motivation might not be there, especially with the competition and what you have to go through to actually secure a single family home. So, you know, you just have to weed through, listen to the clients. What are they telling you? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, make sure that they have all their ducks lined up in a row and and you can get out there and start showing homes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're just asking them straight up and and you're making a determination on your own. Have you ever had someone you thought they were motivated and it turned out they weren't very motivated and what happened there? Well, you do find out. You find out. Um, and you just, you know, it doesn't, you don't like sever everything. Oh, right. well, to heck with you. We're done. No. Can, can you, you say just... that again? Because <laughs> I, I, there's so many people in this industry that are like, oh, next, I'm working with the next person. They have no patience right now, which mm-hmm. I have a real problem with. So what's your thought process behind that, Stace? Well, again, motivation can change. Like what happens is, and this is a good example. I had, I was working with uh, some first-time home buyers. They were renting. They were very motivated uh, at the end of last year, and they had a death in the family. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in looking for a house. Yeah. You know, there's a very emotional um, situation that happened. Things do take priority. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they had to back off. So again, it's what is going on in their life. Um, so, and then we restarted their search earlier this year when they were ready and we were able to get them under contract. So the motivation was still there, mm-hmm. but it, things happen within people's lives, but you stay in contact. I sent them a card. I reached out every once in a while, sent them listing information just to keep them abreast of the market because I think that's very important too. Like, where are the interest rates? Let them know what's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, make sure that they're seeing the listings coming through so they can track the activity and how how quickly and fast-paced the market still is. Um, but you don't sever these relationships. You just keep in touch. And I think it, it speaks volumes. And they realize that you're there for the duration. Mm-hmm. And when their situation changes and they come back around, you're going to be there for them. Yeah. I think definitely like you never want to sever anything because also for people, even if they don't seem um, super highly motivated, you know, maybe you've gone out, you've had some good showings, you've looked at some things, things seem like they're popping and then it kind of dwindles. You never know when that right one is going to pop up. And it is it is about them and their timeline and what they need to do. It's not Mm -hmm. about it's not about you. So and sometimes it's hard to not like keep on following up because like you think about these people you know like mm-hmm. you'll go like you'll be clicking through you'll be seeing houses and it's like oh my gosh this would be perfect for them and I don't know that like I don't want this to sound like creepy but like we think about our clients a lot <laughs> like yeah. you we know do. like you'll see things and you'll be like oh my gosh this would be perfect for whoever and um when you're trying to give some space or not be too much it can be sometimes hard not to just like want to keep firing things at them but yeah like keeping in touch just kind of like letting them know that you're there um and when the time's right, you know, making sure that you're top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think motivation changes overnight, really. Uh, you know, early, uh, late 2021, I guess it was, I had two different listing appointments that I went on. You know, to me, having an agent come to your house to interview um, for the job, to me, seems like there's some motivation there. You're mm-hmm. prepared to list a house. Um, both of them, different reasons, plans changed. But six months later, still keeping in contact, you know, we listed the homes and we got them sold. So, you know, had I just been like, ah, whatever, these people are, you know, a dead end. Well, that's a million dollars of the listings that I would have just thrown out the door instead of continuing Mm -hmm. to have that relationship, maintain it Mm -hmm. and, you know, get the sale ultimately and help them achieve their goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Great point. So, you know, the, the other thing, in, you know, that I think of in, in, in quarter two, uh, if you really want to win at a high level, and, and we talked about this today, is that if you're planning out your day, and I would argue this time of year, it's, it's almost critical. If you don't time block your schedule, you're going to get absolutely nothing done because there's too many things that happen. Appointments come up. You're meeting folks. Someone wants to have it like it's a last minute showing. And if you don't have everything mapped out where you're a yes or a no very easily by looking at your calendar, including the time where you're going to replenish your roster. Uh, you know, we, we had the fantasy football analogy earlier today at our team meeting where if uh, I might lose you on this one, Sarah, but uh, no. I, I'm here. Uh, I know you're a big fantasy football player. So uh, but it, it, you got these people on your roster that may not be going anywhere and you can't spend all your time just trying to sell them a house. You've got to keep your business moving forward. And if you're not constantly talking to new folks and adding them to your pipeline, to your point, Michael, it took you how long to list that million dollars worth of real estate? Over six months. Six months. So if you only did that and you didn't try to find new people, what would the health of your business look like at the end of those six months? There wouldn't be one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it, so many folks are just afraid of, like, I'm, I'm, and you're telling, you're, you're telling us, Sarah, how you're thinking about your clients all the time and you're constantly focused on them. And, and Stacey, I know you're the same way. So are you, Michael. If you're not monitoring both, it's client maintenance and client acquisition. Those are the two things you got to be constantly thinking about because the homes kind of sell themselves. Mm -hmm. If you get them in the right property and you guys all know how to win these competitive situations, the home's going to do the job. You don't, you never sell them on the home. You help them get the home. That's a very different strategy. Right. Uh, so it's not about babysitting. It's about maintaining a relationship with them because if you're not communicating with them, someone else will. Mm -hmm. So what other things should agents be doing right now to win the second quarter? Yeah, um, definitely keeping up, keeping in track, you know, keeping in touch with those clients. Um, create a hot sheet if you don't already have one. Uh, I think that... It what, what's, a, what's a hot sheet? A hot sheet is your prospects that are categorized. So who currently falls in a hot sheet, meaning they're going to transact within the next 30 days? And then who are your nurture clients? It's like three to six months out. And then who are your watch clients? Now, at any given time, people can move around in those categories. But at least this is a quick way that you can reference instead of siphoning through your CRM. Because sometimes it's hard to remember. Right. And if we don't have tags on these folks in the CRM, which most of them we can't tag certain ways, mm -hmm. then if you just have this hot sheet, you can just refer to that. And be like, oh my gosh, a townhouse came up in this community. Who was looking in this price range? Right. I go right down my hot sheet. Mm -hmm. right. So to me, that keeps me very organized, especially when thing the schedule becomes more time constrained during the spring market. Um, and I think that's really, really important so that you can have you know quickly reach out to these people, send them the listing right away. Uh, and it, yeah, and it kind of eliminates like double work, you know, because mm -hmm. you can like yeah, you see you see a good house pop up, and it's like, who does this fit? Let me look at my exactly. people that are ready to, like, get in and do something now. Yeah. Um, it could be a person in the watch category. Right. And you send it out to them, and automatically it's like, oh. all of a sudden they're hot. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. hey, let's go see it. Yep. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, so that is really important to for me to keep up with that. That's a good tool for me. Um, everybody has their own system, though. But I think definitely keeping up with uh, the folks in the database. Look who's who's been peeking around on the now wall. That's another tool in our database. People who have logged back into the system and they're searching for homes. Did they calculate a mortgage? Um, but I think really planning out your day, making sure it's very structured with your calendar. Uh, when things get crazy busy, it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to stay more focused. 
Yeah, and I think in addition to those things, like having really good CRM maintenance is so important and letting the CRM work for you. We have a really great CRM that has so much that helps us. Just setting somebody up on like an e-alert with the properties of, of their interest, you know, here's a place that I've kind of, of lacked where I had a specific client. Um, I didn't follow up with them, right? They're sitting in an area of my CRM that I probably didn't know they existed, to be 100% honest, but they're set up on an e-alert. I get a text on Saturday, 9 p.m. or Friday, 9 p.m. Hey, we really love this house that you sent us. Can you show us? I set it in the schedule. Um, the next day we see the house and we made an amazing all-cash offer and got the house the next night. So 24 hours was, was the amount of time that I worked with that client just because I had them up on an e-alert where the property was sent to them on my behalf. That's awesome. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a win. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, that, and how, how good does it feel that the system helped you out there? Because there are too many people to keep track sure. of. And, you, I mean, you're a hard worker. You're doing the right stuff. I mean, stuff happens, right? And the fact mm-hmm. that the system helped you, like, that's a win because you use the system. And a system only produces what it's going to produce. If you didn't use the system, then that wouldn't happen. So congrats, mm-hmm. man. That's awesome. The last thing I'll leave it with here, we'll take a quick break, and we're going to come back and, and talk about Michael Gallagher and, and how he tripled his business last year and all the great things he's up to and why you need to hire him as your agent. Obviously, hire Stacy and Sarah as well. we got a <laughs> bunch of great people here. Um, is that? And I heard this um, from our, uh, my buddy Byron Lazina. You want to be like the loudest person at the office. There, there's so many agents where you come in, and they kind of sit behind their computer, and they wait for some lead to show up that's going to be like, hey, I want to buy this house or, or something. They're waiting for the call you got. But you got that call because you're working hard and making contact, and the universe thanked you. You know, it's then there's some people like I've heard complaints sometimes where it's like, oh, this person's so loud on the phone. I'm like, well, why don't you pick up the phone and you know see if you can beat them on the phone? I mean, it's if you're out there having conversations with people, there's no way you're not going to do business if you know what to say. Uh, And and that that to me is so critical right now because I I saw this uh, thing we talked about it today at our meeting from Mike Ferry where it said texts and emails generate reactions. Phone calls generate conversations. I thought that was really insightful because conversations, they take us to appointments and appointments take us to sales. And that, that that's literally the game right now. It's that simple. So a lot of great stuff to unpack here. I hope everyone was taking notes for that segment. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about all things Michael Gallagher. Michael loves the spotlight and talking about himself. <laughs> so this should be a good segment. In all seriousness, he's a little nervous, but that's okay. He's doing great. So this is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. We'll be right back. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America is a the Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. 
Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we've got Super Agent Michael Gallagher from our team in the house as well. And uh, we're streaming live every single week. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. So we've got Michael here and I'm excited to talk to him on a number of levels. One, because we get along really well and he's an awesome team member, but two, Michael, I, I mean, I, I, you, you've taken such ownership in your business since we've gotten to know each other and, and got the chance to start to work together. And you're really forging ahead and playing a lot of offense. And now it's getting even more exciting seeing what's happening now that you got kind of some, some time under your belt. So why don't you introduce yourself first and foremost, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you were doing before you were selling real estate. I always find this fascinating. Yeah, so I have been in the industry for coming up on four years this fall. Just crazy how time flies, but that's where we're at. Um, prior to this, I was in retail management. So got out of high school, did not go the college route, tried it for like a half a semester and like just stopped going. Um, then got into retail management for a few years and uh I just knew that wasn't really going to be a sustainable thing for me long term. Um, thankfully, I realized that at a young age and um, went into real estate, got my license, and that changed my life. First two commission checks, bought my house. Um, just the motivation, just it, it was just there. I just kept going and going, and and now you know, I don't know. I, Here you are, twenty years later, five houses a year. <laughs> you know, it's been great. So. You say getting a real estate license changed your life, and I would argue that's the case for a lot of people to get into real estate, especially when they kind of find something that they're not into and it's a different career. I mean, we've all had different careers here um, prior to getting into real estate. So what, what appealed to you about real estate? What did you like about it, and maybe what were some of the misconceptions that you had four years ago versus what you actually know now? I would have never survived a standard nine-to-five desk job. That just wasn't going to be me. Um, and you know, being in retail, you're working with the customers. And I, I did like that. Um, but there is like a certain level of, I don't want to say like feeling degraded in that type of position, but just some of the treatment from the customers, it just wasn't the type of customer interaction I wanted. Um, but getting into real estate, you're able to work with those customers, the clients, I should say, and really help them achieve their goals. And there's just such a different type of rewarding feeling than, you know, 
really any other industry. I mean, it's it's most people's biggest investment of their life, and you're like firsthand a part of it, and they rely on you to advise them on on how to do it, and it's just so rewarding. So I, I I get that part, and we've and we've had a lot of people from retail or from some other sort of sales background. Sarah, you had a sales background before you got into real estate. Stacy, you did too, even though you were a business owner. I mean, same thing. Um, so that that's a pretty common thing because I think sales. Some people look at it as like a like, yeah, you're a salesperson. Like, you ever get that like get that feeling yes. from somebody? And I think it's a pretty noble profession when you do it the right way. So you're here now. Um, you had a tremendous year last year. I mean, you almost doubled your income, tripled your business. So what 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 are you doing that's working right now? And uh, maybe you know, explain to like some of the the clients out there how you're helping them win and how you're able to do things a little differently. Because I know you take a really um, strategic approach to helping folks where it may not be easy conversations, but they're necessary conversations. Yeah. And, th- and those hard conversations, they just have to happen. And unfortunately, you're the one that's delivering that, whether it be a seller or a buyer. Um, but I think when there's so much transparency, you gain their trust. And that's how they, you know, you tell you build that relationship with that person, you build their trust, they refer you clients, you get repeat business. I think last year I sold, I want to say, three listings that I had sold as the buyer side the year prior. Um, you know, so just having had a great relationship with them on the buy side, they called me a year later to resell their house when they were ready to move. All, you know, different reasons why they wanted to move within the year, but I was still their first call, right? And that's what's the goal here is mm-hmm. that over your first few years of, of being in the industry, you're building that, that base where you become referral based, you become sphere based. Um, so, I mean, that's been a tremendous thing for me and helped me triple my business last year. Well, think about that. You're starting to, you know, these people already know you, like you and trust you. When you have that business coming in on top of all the other work that you're doing, I mean, that's where things get exciting. And, and a lot of agents, they, if they don't see like a good, like couple months, they kind of decide maybe I need to go in another direction or, or get out of the business entirely. So what, what keeps you going when it's, uh, maybe not the easiest market conditions because it's, it's been a pretty rocky six months here for a lot of real estate agents. I mean, it, it's, you know, there, there's all kinds of stories going on. Yeah. Well, ultimately bills still have to get paid, right? So you got to make right your money that. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, having, having that be a big thing and then as well as just the reward of helping those clients, like it just, it helps you wake up in the morning and feel like you're really making a difference in people's lives. Whereas, you know, there may be, a different industry that I would have ended up in that that wouldn't have been the case, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean that really does help keep me going and and knowing that people rely on me for for their needs, really. So what's your favorite thing about selling real estate, and what's your least favorite thing about <laughs> Ooh, selling real estate? Good questions. I would say the least favorite thing would be having those tough conversations, but it is still easy. So you know you just do it. So that's you know given that being the my least favorite thing, like it's really not the the worst. Um, and then truly, like I keep saying it, but like the rewarding feeling when you cross the finish line with a client, um, whether it be a buyer or seller, I mean, I have sellers that have all different motivation levels, whether they're moving out because they're getting too old, they're leaving the country, they're downsizing, whatever it might be, they're, you know, they're trusting you to get the job done so that they can get to where they need to be. I mean, that's really insightful. So ladies, what questions do you have? Hmm. I like that your least in favor. Okay, so um, what is uh, let's see, what is one thing that's very memorable within the past couple of years um, that 
helped you stay motivated in, in this crazy market? What do you mean by memorable? Uh, I guess it would be what keeps you motivated. What is one, if there's one thing that happened um, to keep you moving forward? I think just seeing like the fact that I had tripled my sales goal or, or my sales year over year, like that's just really cool to me. And being under 25 years old, being able to say like, I am a top producing real estate agent, um, you know, that is just so cool to me that it just makes me want to like keep trying and, and be even better and just keep increasing my sales year over year and, um, you know, making those goals for myself that I can keep achieving. Oh, I love that. Wow. When you came from a different, like you came from a different brokerage before you joined, um, before you joined Tom's team here. So, um, our, our team, Sarah, our, our team, team. Sorry. <laughs> our team. Um, so I think you have a little bit of, um, I guess different insight on how different, different models work, different teams work, different atmospheres work. Um, you know, obviously we like love that you are, are on our team. Um, I guess, have you noticed in addition to having, I mean, I'm, you obviously have serviced your clients and done a great job with them from the get-go, whether it was here or there. And I'm sure you have repeat business from there as well, just from continuing to, to stay in touch. But by making this switch, I mean, I'm sure that was also scary to, For sure, to yeah. change. You know, even if you're within the same field, it's, it's scary, like, moving around like mm -hmm. that. Um, I guess how long after joining our team did it take for you to be like, yes, this was the right move. I didn't mess up. This was the way to go. <laughs> That's like a really great question. So um, I think the biggest thing that that ultimately empowered my decision to make the move from being an independent agent at a different brokerage to being a part of a team was consistency. I wasn't finding that in my um, in my business as an individual. So coming onto a team and seeing. Um, that we could have that and that there's always lead flow, there's always back-end support. Um, I mean, that really helped just taking things out of my day-to-day -day business that I would have had to do on my own, but now I don't have to. And now I can work on focusing more with just meeting with new clients and meeting with my clients um, to ultimately sell more houses. And, and I would say to answer your question, within three months, I knew that was, that was it. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I realized how lazy I could be with certain things <laughs> and not have to do things like put a yard sign up yeah. or, you know, make a brochure or whatever it might be, um, where I would have had to do that before, it was just nice and, and not really have to take a pay cut for it either. Right. You're not right. losing money just to have somebody else do this for you because it's set up as a resource. Mm hmm. Love it. Great Love answer. Grateful for you, my friend. Uh, Michael Gallagher from our team. You can follow him on Instagram. It's at soldbymichaelgallagher.com. Just at soldbymichaelgallagher. It's Instagram. What am I talking about here? You can follow Sarah. She's at uh, Ty underscore Ty time. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow myself at TomTool3RD. We're here live every week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.